Tell you what, our next guest probably, I don't know if uh, back in the Shark Tank, back in the day, whether there was ever an organic We Want the Playoffs chant from Sharks fans way back when, when they first started making the playoffs. Our next I, guest, I, I, well, I think in California it was We Want Bakes, but I don't even think it means anything to Jamie Baker. Just more of the California mood. Great question. Here he is, <laughs> Jamie Baker, our Sands analyst on the Gabriel Pizza Hotline. How are you doing this morning, Bakes? I'm doing well. Everybody's chipper. Everybody's happy Every- in Sandland, eh? <laughs> no, no kidding. Well, listen, you've been about the only person that hasn't had a chance, based on your schedule, to weigh in on uh, the week that was for the Sens, and in particular the Jake Chikrin uh, trade. So how is Jamie Baker feeling about everything this morning? Very impressed with uh, the players, the coaches, happy for them, happy for the fan base, obviously. But um, I did the second Detroit game, and it was one of those games. You're like, it's going to be tough to, to get a two-game sweep. And, and they did in dominating fashion. And then you're like, okay, is there going to be an emotional letdown or a little bit of fatigue five games in eight nights when they play the Rangers and they go in and win there? And then they had a great game against Columbus. They dominated against Columbus. Again, it could have been an emotional letdown, but it wasn't. So a really impressive week. Um, this team looks very confident right now. There's a lot of internal belief. You've got love what the third line's doing. I love what Castellick's done since he's been back. You know, Timmy Stu and his line have been tremendous. Um, then you get the addition of Chikrin, of course. So that's that adds to, you know, what this team's already doing. He he scores his first goal. So it was it's all positives right now, but we all know that there's uh, a tough stretch uh, looming here. But if you're going to go into a tough stretch, go in with as much confidence as this team has, it's, uh, it's impressive. What's it like, Bakes, being around or playing on a team when you make a trade like this and bring in such a good player, person, seems to fit on every level, and at the same time not having to say goodbye to anybody? Yeah, I mean, great job by Pierre Dorian. Just the tremendous patience. Um, to not have to give up a prospect. And yeah, you give up some draft picks, but to bring in a guy like Chikrin who wants to be in Ottawa, you know, and, and the fans the fans really appreciate that. You know, same thing with Claude Giroux. Like, um, you know, this, this team, it's not easy necessarily for this city to, to bring in free agents, but to have players, elite players want to come and play here, it's huge. And then when you're adding it at this time of year to a group that's already been hot and – they played well. Like if you look at the record, you know, there was a, a bit of a dip in January there, but if you go back to the, you know, December 1st, I think they're 10th or 11th in the league in the standings. That's impressive after the tough November that they had, we've talked about it at length this year and they deserve this addition at this time of year. And it's not just for, you know, this isn't a rental. This is a guy that's going to be here and it helps solidify the defensive core, which is an area that they needed to do on defense. So it just adds, I think a little more chemistry to the group, a little more confidence to the group. All right. I got to ask you the question that we were debating at the end of the last hour about Jake Chikrin, who's come in and, and listen, he's been, he's been really good and everything you talked about, uh, no doubt about it. He's got a history of being able to score goals. Uh, he had an 18 goal year and a, and a 12 goal year in Arizona. And these guys instantly want to put him and his big shot on the number one power play. And I'm like, guys, the sense power play has been in the top five pretty much the entire year. Why are we messing with that? So, Jamie Baker, is should Jake Chikrin slide in for Thomas Shabbat on the Sens' number one power play? Oh, boy. Um, 
I mean, the top power play has been so good. It's hard to make changes, but at the same time, if you, if you do, I'm, I'm kind of caught in between because I don't want to really tinker with something that's been working so well, but I also know that Chikrin brings that additional scoring threat because of that big shot that he has. You know, if you're, if you're a penalty killer, you almost, you're playing Chikrin a little bit tighter because of that situation. You need to be in his shooting lane, which opens up some other passing lanes. So, I mean, initially, I probably wouldn't have him there. I think the guys, you know, I think Shabbat and the, that group deserves it. You know, that's, that's one of the things. But if the coaching staff thinks that he's going to be a better option and, and what it does is it helps either way, having him here is going to help boost the second, the second power play unit, which is a good thing because you're not always throwing that first power play unit out there in the first time just in case they were already on the ice. Some of the guys might be tired or something or maybe maybe they've had a – couple of go at go at it in a particular game and they didn't really muster anything. So you go with the, the second power play unit. So I think you're in a win-win situation here. Um, you know, it's a one, a two in, in the option, whether it's uh, Thomas Shabbat or Jake Ch- Chikrin. Would you like to see him if it was first or second unit bakes on that uh, uh, reverse Shea Weber, um, just dropping bombs from the top of the circle? Yeah. I mean, look at where he scored the other night. And I couldn't tell. I didn't think the goalie was screened. He just blew it by him. I mean, that was a heavy, heavy wrist shot. And I think you can put you can put him up top. But if you put him in a shooting position, I think that's he really excels. He's got a great shot. So, and then he's also got the pass options from there too. So again, you've got multiple options with Chikrin because of the heavy shot that he brings. It's not something that. You know the Sens have had in a while is is that type of a defenseman with a, the type of shot that Chikrin uh, will bring to the table. So whether it's a Chikrin for Shabbat or as you guys are suggesting that maybe he's the one timer guy. So at this point, I guess Tim Stutzla has that uh, has that spot under the number one power play. Are hurt feelings something that a that a coach should? consider and everybody's going to say the right things publicly but behind the scenes we know when when people get moved around and maybe get moved off the number one whatever uh that they might not feel good about it should a coach ever take that under consideration chemistry etc when making decisions like that well the beauty of this situation is Claude Giroux on the second power play unit and it hasn't affected him at all so and you know you look at uh, his illustrious career and what he's done and how good he is on the power play. The fact that he's willing to be on the second power play unit, um, it shouldn't be hurt feelings for anyone else. It, you know, all it is is one, it's one conversation. That's it. And you have a conversation with the player and you say, this is what we think is best for the team. You've got a lot of these guys, you know, young guys. Yeah. You might want to be on the first power play unit, of course, but you're going to do what's in the best interest of the team. Um, that's what's helped turn this season around is that team first mentality. And if you're a player, you're locked up for six, seven, eight years. Like many of the young core guys are, you're not looking at it like, Oh, I, I, you know, I need these numbers for my next contract or anything like that. Like that's not even in the equation of thought. Um, and from what I've seen from the team, I don't think it's an issue. And again, I come back to the Giroux situation. You use him as an example and, you get to go be on a power play with uh, with Claude Giroux. And, and that power play unit's been successful at times, too. And Jeff Chirkin was on the station last week, Bakes. One of the things he talked about that I just loved 
is actual internal competition and what that does for is what you kind of pointed out for everyone and that, hey, man, we're all in this together right now. We all are in good contracts. Let's drive each other to be better. And in the case of Shabbat, there's never really been a plan B when he struggles, right? It's like, you know, we could say, oh, put someone else out there. Well, who are you going to put out? Well, now you got some options. Yeah, you absolutely do. And it's, it's, it goes on a game by game basis, right? Like the coaching staff has that ability in game to make some tweaks on ice time based on who's going. So if, if Shabbat's going that night, he's going to eat up some more minutes, but if Sanderson or Chikrin are going a little bit better, then they're going to get the minutes and, and deservedly so. So it keeps everybody on their toes. You want the ice time. There's no question, but from a coaching staff, this is a perfect situation. You know, it's the same thing what you're seeing with the third and fourth lines right now. You know, they're, they're earning those extra minutes that they're, you know, because they've been playing well here in the last stretch. Um, love the way uh, Joseph's been playing and, and, and some great chemistry with he and Goche. Gambrell's been playing better lately. Fourth line has looked good. So there's been contributions from the third and fourth lines. So the, that makes it easier for the coach. You know, if, if the first or second line doesn't look like they're going quite as well, you're not going to do anything as drastic maybe as what Tampa did over the weekend. But like if they're not going for a shift or two, or you're just willing to, to roll the four lines because you're getting some, some good play by the third and fourth line. So which when you're playing as many games as the Sens are right now, you really do. You need, you want, but you need to be rolling, you know, four lines. You need to be getting your fifth and sixth defenseman out there. But the question is, Who's eating up, of, uh, you know, those extra minutes? Well, that can be on a game-by-game basis. With Jamie Baker, our, our Sens analyst. So you were uh, with the Sens in the original year, forgettable record-wise. In your <laughs> second year, you, it was when you went to San Jose. And at that point, they had been in the league two years, had missed the playoffs, like, horrendously bad in, the, uh, in, that, in that year. And then suddenly the year you got there, and I like to think that you were mainly responsible for it, all of a sudden, yeah, you obviously. guys... You guys are in the in the playoff race, and of course you made the playoffs, but can you describe the feeling uh, that I'm guessing that was going on in San Jose with, you know, some younger players, some veteran players like yourself, but that feeling as the season was going on where you started to go, we got something here. Like, like how did that feeling evolve as the season went on? It's kind of similar to what's going on here in Ottawa, to be honest. We started the year 08-1, like the last thing we were thinking about was making the playoffs at that point, but we battled back and it was almost like being in playoff mode from game 10, game 20 on, you know, you get first, you just didn't want to embarrass yourself. And then we kind of, you know, there was, there was Larry on off Makarov. So we, and we were getting used to Kevin Constantine's system and we just, we're grinding away. And that's, that's what we did. We kind of just chewed, chewed, chewed ourselves back into the standings. And I think in the second half of the year, and I could be wrong. Like we had the fifth or sixth, like the last, back then we played 84 games, the last 42 games, I think we had the fifth or sixth best record or something like that. And it got to the trade deadline and they actually made some moves. They brought over Todd Ellick, uh, Alp Dolan got made a trade. So they made some additions like, like the uh, Sens have, um, without the subtractions, because the team had clawed their way back into this race, and and we ended up, you know, not only did we we make the playoffs, but we ended up beating Detroit in the first round. But that you talk about that belief, there was a point in the in the year we went on a nine game um, 
unbeaten streak. I think we were like seven zero and two or something like that. And you you believe in each other. You believe in you know the fact that you're finding ways to win, and then that gives you that internal confidence yourself as a player. And then you're contributing more. You're playing better. And every time you're on the ice, somebody's got you covered. Even if you make a a little bit of a mistake, somebody else has you covered. That's what that's when teams are playing their best. Is you don't see two or three mistakes in a row. There might be one mistake, but then from there, um, there's there's somebody's following up with a good play, whether a defenseman, a forward, whatever. So that's what I'm seeing with the Sens right now. You're not seeing these egregious mistakes out there. These guys are covering for each other, and they're feeding off this uh, this emotion, this positivity that they have, this confidence. Hopefully it continues for the last quarter of the season, but that's exactly what happened in San Jose that year. Because like I said, we started 08 and one, we found a way to become the eighth seed and a big upset in the playoffs. Is the other part of this makes it so nice is the sustainability. Like it's not a one-off and and you were around some great San Jose teams that never won, but you look at kind of the blueprint and the process of, of what Tampa went through Chicago, LA, Pittsburgh of starting from scratch with high draft picks and realizing, man, I actually got a blueprint here that could be awfully good. Well, not not done like the Ottawa teams in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s. Oh, the blueprints here. The hardest the hardest part of the job is is here, you know, like they had to tear they they stripped it down. That's not easy when you're going to, you know, commit to a rebuild. They built the team through the draft. They've had good drafts. They've signed these young players, the leadership from Brady Kachuk. You've got a superstar in Stutzla. You know, then you've got Batherson, Norris, those guys. Your defensive core looks good. Um, even, you know, goaltending is still like, okay, what's going to happen next year? We're not sure, but, you know, the, like there's there's some positivity around the future of Matt Sogard because of the way he's played. It's still a, a small sample size, but but you got to like what you see so far, and Talbot's been good lately, so there's just so many positives around this team and the, and the, the future, and like I said, the – the toughest part is done, and and now it's you know rounding this team into form. And we talked, you know, there's we talked probably I don't know we might even brought it up last week. The, the term maturity's been used, but like this team was finding ways to lose in the past. You know, even in November they were finding ways to lose. The opposite is true now. They're finding ways to win, even if they don't play their best game. Like I go back to that Montreal game. That was a game you're like, oh, that was a bit of a trap game. But the depth players came through, and they hadn't come through a lot on the scoreboard, but they did come through that game, and the team found a way to win 5-2 to two, nonetheless. And, and those are games that they might have lost, you know, earlier in this season or in, in seasons past when they didn't bring their A game. They didn't have their A game. Well, they're finding ways to win those, and then they're finding a way to elevate their game in, in, a big, ga- in big games, like the two games against Detroit, like against the Rangers. So... You're seeing a team with more maturity, more confidence, and, and they're uh, getting the results because of it. Is there a concern going in at all in uh, this upcoming five-game road trip? And I'll, and I'll talk about the first four games in particular because three of them are against non-playoff teams in uh, you know Chicago tonight. That you know the old uh, the old the old the old issue of taking other teams for granted, or because of the Sens, they're relative. They're well, they're not relatively. They are very new to all of this. That the momentum. The positive momentum they're on right now, that's not a concern for you whatsoever. It's not a concern. Um, what is concern, you know, if, if anything, if I had a concern, it's after tonight's game, they get a well-deserved two days between games. So, and then when they start against Seattle on Thursday, 
They play eight games in 13 nights in seven different cities. Six of those games are on the road, and two of the games are at home here in Ottawa. There's two sets of back-to-backs in that set. So, again, it, you know, it comes down to attrition, if you will. And they've shown some great attrition here recently because of the success they had. They get a couple of days off, so I think they'll fare well. I'm not saying they're going to win every one of those games against non-playoff teams. Non-playoff teams are winning some games. It's not an automatic. It's not like they're going to lose out the rest of the year. So you still have to play a good game. But I don't think there'll be a problem for this team to be motivated because they've never been in this situation. Right. Um, and they see the opportunity that lies ahead. So that's not an issue. It's more just the the grueling schedule that lies ahead. All right. Good stuff. Uh, you'll be part of the uh, pregame show on Thursday for the Sens game in uh, Seattle. Always appreciate the time and the insight. Yep. Former San Jose Shark and Ottawa Senator Jamie Baker. Thanks, Bakes. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. All right, there's Jamie Baker on the Gabriel Pizza Hotline. Gabriel Pizza is the official pizza of the Ottawa Senators. And again, it's the Sens and the Hawks tonight to kick off the road trip. 7 o'clock pregame. 9 o'clock is the face-off tonight here on TSN 1200. And in 2019, uh, Bakes went in the uh, Nepean Wall of Fame. Uh, along with Jeff Chickren, and I believe he and Jeff Brown and, and Jeff Chickren all played on the same team growing up in the DePean Raiders, so pretty cool and uh, obviously knows the family very well. And Back in the day, we all used to do the old summer hockey. It was a player by the name of Steve Eiserman. Mm. He used to arrange the summer skate in August. Out Steve in Zerman, you mean? Zerman, out yeah. in Barhaven. Remember us driving out to Barhaven through these fields and being like, where the hell is this place? <laughs> it literally was just a blip. That's about 1990, JR, 30-plus wow. years ago. All right, good stuff. 9.37, still to come before 10. We're going to play Sens or Sensibility uh, with an opportunity to win Sens. Is it Colorado or no, Leafs? It's the Leafs game. Yeah, March 18th. Okay, here we go. We'll do that coming up before 10. So if you'd like to play, text us right now at 12-1200. Standard messaging rates apply. All we need need is your first and last name and your availability to play in about 15 minutes or so for now. So if you're available to play, send us your name right now. We could be calling you in about 15 minutes to play Sens or Sensibility 100-level seats to see the Sens and the Leafs coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, Stand by as well because we'll have KISS beat the box office tickets before 10 as well as we continue along here on the Sens Game Day Monday on Sports Radio TSN 1200. All right, welcome back. 942 on this uh, Monday morning. We're here until uh, 10 o'clock. Steve Lloyd, Kenny Walls to take over in the box. Uh, Lee and AJ are on the drive this afternoon uh, with uh, Maddie Vowles and then Graham Creech has a pregame show tonight alongside Chris Stevenson at 7. Dean and Gord will have the call from Chicago, the Windy City, at 9 o'clock tonight. Sends and Hawks as Ottawa kicks off its five-game road trip. All right, Kiss is coming to town uh, on November the 21st. November. And, yes, November. We're giving away concert tickets for November. It's never too early, Simmer. <laughs> no, I know. I know. I'm not I'm giving away anything, especially a Kiss concert is awesome. I just, wow. That's a long-term planning. November the 21st, by the way, is a Tuesday. I'm okay. just looking at it right now. In case that affects your desire to win free tickets or not. <laughs> I'm assuming not. We got a pair of box, beat the box office tickets right now to see Kiss in concert at Canadian Tire Center. Tickets, by the way, go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. through Ticketmaster.ca. You could win a pair right now at 613-750-1200 or star 1200, a free call on Bell. Uh, Hammer, you want to put the calls on hold? And uh, we'll start uh, taking phone calls in one minute from now. So everybody who's uh, listening through a smart speaker, the iHeartRadio app, you got an equal opportunity. As you're hearing this, you'll want to start calling right now. 
you're listening the old-fashioned way on a radio, uh, you might want to, uh, you can wait if you want uh, 45 seconds. Uh, then everybody has the equal opportunity. Uh, caller number, let's go with a nice, even uh, uh, 12. 13. 13. 13. You just said nice, even, <laughs> and you went with an odd number. 13. Uh, you go with caller six for uh, chicky yeah, I was going to, and six is too few. So That's I went true. with 13. Okay. Caller six times okay. two. Caller 13. 13. 13. Are these guys still uh, doing the whole outfit thing, or have they calmed that down? Like it, that would seem to defeat the purpose if they didn't, wouldn't it? I, well, no, I, I just don't relieve men. They're seventy. They're, they're still tacky. dressing up. That, that probably looks better with it on, actually, than what they <laughs> would normally look. Maybe. <laughs> I think sans makeup might be kind of scary. And you think back to the nineteen seventies, year. I wasn't a massive Kiss fan, but man, they were one of the first to grab a hold of their own career and. They had every little trinket that you could possibly want to buy back in the oh, day, the merchandising. Yep. It was re- pretty genius by uh, by uh, uh, Gene Simmons. All right. So uh, uh, caller number 13 will win the tickets. Stand by for that. Okay, Hammer, I want to get your quick opinion, and and, uh, and Simmer, you too. Blue Jays announced yesterday that Jose Bautista will join the team's level of excellence in a game at the Rogers Center in August. So this award is given to uh, Blue Jay players for individual achievements or accomplishments uh, over their career. Uh, among the names, so this is on the facing of the 500 level at the Rogers Center. These are the names that are currently on that list. Mm-hmm. George Bell, Joe Carter, Carlos Delgado, Tony Fernandez, Roy Halladay, Dave Steeb. Simmer did, or, uh, Hammer, did uh, Jose Bautista do enough that he should be included in the level of excellence? Yes or no? Absolutely. He, for the longest time, before they picked him up, they got him from Pittsburgh. He was the only reason to watch the Blue Jays. Uh, you know, after, you know, the, the 2010, 11, 12, up until they finally started making the playoffs in 2015, hmm. he was hitting 50 bombs. And then he's got enough memorable moments, especially in the playoffs. I mean, we'll remember the bat flip. We'll remember try, well, willing the team to a game seven against the Royals. Didn't quite happen. Uh, he's got enough moments in there. Absolutely. He deserves to be up there. Yeah, I, I, and now he seemed to be as moody as George Bell. And I'll never yes. forget his contract, but absolutely. Now, that, that's quite a list, JR, when you mention it. Now, is was Robbie Alomar on there and then taken off? Uh, you know what? Great question. I, as I'm going yeah. through my checklist of players, yep. like, and you won multiple World Series, and God, we we all follow those teams in the 80s that could never get over the hump, so... That's actually a. That's I'm, I'm surprised. Well, Alomar is not. I'm guessing. You know what? I'd have to look it up. But Alomar yeah. is not on there. I'm guessing. No, no, no. Of what yeah, happened? It, exactly. But my, my point being that that's a pretty short list for yep. you know for a team that's had. So yeah, I totally deserve. And yeah, that's a, that's quite an honor. Because I got to be honest. You know, hey, when you talk to athletes, and I like what they did with Wade Redden here. Now they need to to move that thing. Um, but hey, if you're not getting your number retired by a team, Jr., you kind of look at what am I a part of? And well, that's a. That's quite an honor because it sure I don't like it. that's so Canadian what the level of excellent come mm. on let's work with something on that but two hundred and eighty eight yeah. career home runs yeah, yeah. for uh, Jose Bautista yeah that's cool so. and like I said that 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 make that make you feel pretty darn special in the sense of um you're you're joining with some real special company right there yesterday uh, when they announced it uh, they attached the YouTube replay of the bottom of the, was it the sixth or the seventh inning when uh, the Blue Jays, you know, that, that ended with uh, Bautista's three-run bat flip home run. I replayed that and just remembering yeah, how yeah. that inning itself, yeah. like the YouTube, and it's just the Blue Jay part of it because okay, remember okay. the top half of the inning had all the craziness oh uh, on the Texas side of things. Just the Blue Jay half inning was 23 minutes long. Wow. 
And, uh-huh. and and to that now, that's the whole Russell Martin throwing and hitting the batter. That was the going top down. of the inning. Yeah, yeah exactly. and, and I believe, and I think, I think I was with Eric Macromella, and I'm I'm almost positive, Jr. We drove out to the CTC, and the Raptors were playing an exhibition game. I thought that was the same night, and we actually he was watching it on his phone uh, as we were well, we were watching it as he went out. So yeah, quite quite memorable to that, and the bat toss, and then you can never forget the bat toss without forgetting. Uh, Mr. R- Nadur, is it that hit him? That Rugged Odor. Like that that punch there, man. Mm-hmm. It, it, that is, punch itself. That's why he deserves to be up he, there. He does. No, the fact he was standing he down. He, the fact he was standing hammer. Like I almost passed out watching it. He smoked him so so hard. Who <laughs> grabbed him from behind? Like who who caught Bautista? Somebody I, I, caught him from from dropping. Yeah, I can't remember, but I that that was impressive, man. May he, have been Encarnacion. He got smoked, and and what a, it was amazing when you think back to. Was it Goose Gossage that went sideways on the bat toss? Like some of the old school players, man. Uh, it was that was all. Now I think guys are doing it and they're, they're tossing it right into the other dugout. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hate to be old school on that, but oh yeah. Well, I'm not a big Bautista. I'm not a big oh, Bautista okay. guy to begin with. I'm not a mega I'm the Bautista, wrong guy to ask, but I, I love the bat toss though. I, I oh. think the excitement of that and you know the walk off and the home runs and. You know, it's like scoring an overtime game. You know, th- those those types of home runs are just so cool to watch. Yeah, well, welcome to the Brothers Five, where I'm concerned. Uh, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> That's the fist. The oh, Brothers, the five. brothers five. <laughs> And I, I, this is one of the things that I also, and, and I know you're very respectful of all of Hammer's opinions, but I know for sure we're going baseball when, <laughs> when Hammer gets alerted first. <laughs> I, I get the... And then you kind of throw in, hey, uh, Simmer, you throw a little. Well, you hey, always Simmer. begin your answers with, I'm not a baseball no, guy. No, no. So but... I should go to the guy who's the bi- who's the no, biggest baseball oh, oh, fan t- on the no, show. You totally should. Yeah. Not only the biggest baseball fan, but actually knows baseball. He drives around with baseballs in his trunk. Exactly. I do. I'm sorry. Hammer, I miss, no, Hammer knows ball. I miss JR's baseball. opinion, and I apologize for that. Did you think he should be up there? Should he have his name up there? JR? Um, I um, you don't care. I'm just looking you at. I'm just watching. looking at the other names on this list. Are we? Are um, did I? I didn't hear Tom Hankey's name or any of those other nope. guys. No, I don't think Hankey. Okay. Yeah, he was there for one World Series, okay. but okay. and starting just pitchers in terms of longevity. Like most of these starting, guys, starting most of these pitchers, guys is sustained yeah, excellence yeah. with the Blue yeah. Jays. Yeah. Okay. That's right? and that and was that, Bautista. Yeah, and, that, and that's a good point. Um, but outside of Steve, is there no other pitchers on there? Roy Halladay. Oh, Halladay. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And that is also, I'll say, a distinction. You know, hey, uh, when they obviously got over the hump there and had brought in Molitor and uh, uh, Dave Winfield and Jack Morris. Jack Morris. Yeah, I'm the greatest uh, of all time. Yeah. Just ask me. Yeah. Used to play with a guy that wore one of those helmets there, the plastic helmet back in the day. <laughs> Remember, he was he made the John Oliver. You played hockey with him? No, no, oh, no. Oh. Fa- Ricky Henderson's famous quote was: "Oh yeah, yeah. Later in his oh, career, oh, right, right, right. he was playing with John Oliver. <laughs> he used to play with a guy in Toronto." Who won wear. the batting title? <laughs> he had he had the sweet stroke, but fans were on him. He took too many pitches, right, John? John Oliver? Hey, listen, he was probably a precursor to baseball analytics, man. Just get on base. Oh no, it's a for sure. Or a walk. But I, I, I remember that was that fine line with him, though, because man, he was just so beautiful to watch. But anytime he left the bat on the shoulder, people just went bonkers. All right, who's our lucky caller? Number thirteen wins the kiss tickets. Eli Chadad. Nice job, Eli. Congratulations. You're on your way to see Kiss. You and a guest beat the box office tickets. Canadian Tire Center. Day, uh, date of the show is November the 21st. Tickets go on sale 10 a.m. this Friday through Ticketmaster.ca. All right, 9.51. We're going to come back. Uh, we're going to give somebody a call. Play Sensor Sensibility. That's for Sens Leafs tickets. 100-level seats for a Saturday night game. And doesn't that game suddenly look 
a lot more delicious as well. We know the uh, Leafs will have their fair share of fans, but suddenly reason for Sens fans maybe not to sell their tickets to that game and actually show up. Uh, so Sens and Leafs tickets up for grabs with Sens or Sensibility. Coming up next on this Sens game day on Sports Radio TSN 1200. Math for you tomorrow and let you know uh, if you've beaten one of the boys and you're on your way to see the Sens and the Leafs coming up in a couple of weeks. So good luck, all right? Thanks for listening and have a great day. Much appreciated, boys. Take care. All right, there he goes. Kyle from beautiful Rockport, hard by Brockville, Ontario. All right, there we go. He was pretty into it, so that's pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, it'll be fun to watch tonight and see what uh, what Otto was able to do against not very good Chicago team. All right, what's the call? What's the final? Make the final. Make uh, the Briars oh, on man. right now. So give me a good Vic, uh, Vic Roeder. Uh, Hang on. Vic Roeder. Make the final. Uh, I don't uh, make the final. Uh, they never give up more than two goals against in the last five. It's been constant, so it's going to be two for the Hawks. Yep. I'm going to go. Sen's going to be another six-two, another tennis match. Wow. And dust them off nicely. All right, six-two. All right, Hammer. I'm liking four-one. Four-one Sennies. four ones. Come on. <laughs> I just listen. You have to ask. <laughs> I'm just saying. Go, go, Blackhawks. The Hawks. reason they play the games. It's all Sennies. I like Sens, too. I like them getting five, and I like them giving up. Uh, I'm going five. I'm going five-two again. I'm going five. I'm going five-two again. <laughs> Look at these strong opinions. That was nothing, eh? No. You got to remember old Mrazzy Razzy there. He might be. No, it's going to be so. Maybe it'll be Artem Zoderblom well, or whatever Zoder- his name or whatever that guy <laughs> I've never heard of before. Might he be the guy out of the men's league, eh? <laughs> yeah, what about the Scott Foster? What about yeah. the accountant? Put the accountant back in. For a game, he hasn't yeah. seen any. He you want to win? You want to get Connor Bedard? You yeah. get the captain back in the net. All right, Simmer, enjoy the game.